to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, I wanted to give you five important facts that you need to know about Miracle Word Church. Five important facts that you need to know. And before I jump into those, you know, I I hear people say stuff like this and it's mind blowing to me. I'll hear people say things like, well, you know, does, does Florida, and they'll say this, it doesn't matter where you go. I mean, it doesn't matter what state you're in, doesn't matter what town you're in or country even. People will, when you're getting ready to launch a church, people will say, well, you know, does Florida actually need another church? Or they'll say, does West Palm Beach really need another church? I mean, you're going to launch a church. Do they really need another church in the West Palm Beach area? And the answer to that question is yes, emphatically yes. I mean, just statistically, they need another church in West Palm Beach. Have you ever thought about the fact that uh, there are so many unsaved people in any area of any country. You know, you do realize, I know you do, that the majority of people on this planet are not serving Jesus. I know you know that. Um, if you include Catholics and Protestant Christians together, on this seven and a half billion planet, that's how many people are populating the planet approximately right now, seven and a half billion. Um, only about 1.8 billion of those are uh, Christian, and that's Catholic and Protestant Christian. If you took if you took Catholics away, uh, then it's it's much smaller because I think Catholics make up like 1.1 or 1.2 billion of that number. So uh, it's not what you'd think. It's not what you'd think, and that's what Jesus said. He said that the uh, it's a, it's a straight and it's a narrow path and only a few will find it. That's what Jesus said. So it's not the majority of the world serving Jesus. It's the minority. So in any city where you go, <clears throat> let me tell you, there are plenty of unsaved people. There are uh, plenty of people that are uh, ready to harvest for the kingdom. No question about it. Jesus said 2,000 years ago that the harvest is plenteous but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into his harvest field. Well, we're not just praying, we're going into the harvest field. That's what we're doing. We're not just praying that God would send laborers. We're saying, Lord, send us as laborers. And so we've already been, uh, you know, I've been in the ministry now for 21 years and uh, I've spent time as an associate pastor um, and, and I've spent the last over a decade uh, as an evangelist. And now we're going to combine both together. And we're going to pastor uh, in West Palm Beach and continue evangelizing. So I'm not just praying um, <clears throat> for God to send laborers. I'm a laborer. And I'm saying, Lord, send me into the harvest field. And there's plenty of harvest that's ready to be reaped. And so to answer the question, does West Palm Beach really need another church? The answer is absolutely, emphatically, yes. Think of it this way. If you went into any city in America and you got every person saved in that city, 
there's not enough space in every church in the city to hold the people that would be saved. There's not enough space. There's not close to enough space. And so when somebody asks, you know, p- people may ask you this, you know, when, when you're, t- you know, they're, uh, we're, we're, they're launching a new church that we're getting ready to, really, do they really need another church in, in Florida? And what's Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely they do. Not to mention, I want you to think of this, not to, I'm, and I'm not saying this to bring uh, any kind of division, but you know as well as I do that there are churches with proper doctrine and there are churches with improper doctrine. You know, I don't know, I don't know if you're aware I mean, if you, if you haven't seen this, it's absolutely true. Um, there are many denominational churches now that used to be, uh, you know, well-known and popular denominational churches like Presbyterian Methodist that are now ordaining homosexuals into the ministry, standing in their pulpits. Um, basically, I just saw one today on Twitter uh, uh, saying, now this is the head over denomination, saying that the church has gotten basic anthropology wrong for 2,000 years and that uh, we shouldn't be defining gender. We shouldn't be excluding uh, people in the LGBTQIA community from ministering in our churches. We should ordain them. Uh, There are churches like that in every city flying the rainbow flag outside of their church. And so just because a church building is there doesn't mean they're doing the will of the, of the Father by any means. There are churches that won't even preach against sin. There are churches that won't even call people to Jesus because they feel it would make people too uncomfortable. And so just because there's church buildings in a city and just because there are churches that have launched in the city doesn't mean that they're doing what Jesus wants the church to do. So you can count those types of churches even out of the equation because they're not doing what the Lord wants them to do. And so, and good morning to everybody that's jumping on. Please take a minute to share it. Uh, Jen and John Puma, we love you. Jess and Jared Burton, love you. Frank. Um, So I wanted to give you just kind of a a bird's eye view. Uh, And this won't be everything, but these are five very important facts about Miracle Word Church. And I wanted to give you a bird's eye view of what you can expect from Miracle Word Church as we launch and as we move forward. And by the way, um, I wanted to give you this as well. If you didn't know we had this available, this is the Miracle Word Church Culture Guide. We handed these out um, at the Partner Banquet in October. Um, and what the reason I felt to do this, and inside here, it's like a mini magazine. Inside this, uh, I the Lord, this is funny, the Lord actually gave me this when I was in Texas holding a revival and I was praying and I said, Lord, you know, give me a word for tonight. And he literally put all of this in my spirit that night of revival. And I was like, why are you giving me all, all these? And it was like the culture of the church just jumped in my spirit. This before we ever had a green light that we were even launching a church. And, uh, and, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm putting all these things in my phone. I'm like writing them down with the scriptures, with the, everything God's giving me. It became the Miracle Word Church culture guide. You say, what's a culture guide? It's something that defines how we will conduct ourselves at the church. We call it the H9 system. The reason, because there's nine things and they all begin with H. It's very hard to understand. But I put this, why a culture guide? Well, without, without vision, People cast off restraint. Vision provides parameters. 
You don't know if you're doing the wrong thing unless you can identify the right thing. The culture guide is our vision and will provide the parameters of our supernatural success. And they're all based on scripture. And so I'll just read them to you, but this is what we expect everybody on staff to operate by, everybody that's a volunteer to operate by. And then I made it like this, and I'll eventually write a book that includes all this and explains it in depth. But I wanted a quick takeaway that someone could just take it off of the table in the lobby and have a quick takeaway of what the culture of our church looks like. And I'll just read them to you. Um, number one, we're happy. Joy is the fuel for our purpose. It keeps us strong and productive. Number two, humble. Our humility will provoke God's favor and put us in position for our inheritance. Number three, we hustle. We're diligent and faithful. We're self-motivated and resourceful. Number four, we honor. We give honor to whom it's due and prefer others above ourselves. Number five, we're helpful. We don't find problems. We provide solutions. Number six, we're hungry. We're hungry for God's presence and his word. Number seven, we're holy. We obey God's word and stay far from sin. Number eight, we're hospitable. We're committed to being generous, spirit-led givers. And number nine, we're heavenly-minded. Because we understand time is short, we have an urgency to win souls. And I break it down with scriptures and explanations, even in this uh, magazine size. But uh, isn't the PDF of this available at MiracleWordChurch.com? If you go to MiracleWordChurch.com and you'd like to download this, you can get this for your phone, tablet, or laptop in PDF version, and you can get it instantly. MiracleWordChurch.com. It's the culture guide. And I encourage you to download it. Uh, it'll help you, even in your church. You know, if you're not planning on moving to be a part of Miracle Word Church, these nine things will help you at your church. And so... We wanted to set that ahead of time so that people understood how we conduct ourselves. What are the parameters of our purpose? We're, we're not coming in. Some weeks we're, you know, grumpy. Some weeks we're depressed. Some weeks we're, you know, anxious about the, the way the world's going. No, we come in joyful every week. We live our lives in joy, in peace. We live our lives in strength every week. We're generous every week. We're heavenly minded every week. That provides the parameters of our purpose to who we're going to be as, uh, the, as Miracle Word Church. And so I wanted to kind of give you a bird's eye view of uh, what it is that we're going to look like as a church and five things that will never change, five things that will never change about Miracle Word Church. Now, a lot of things can change about a church throughout the years, you know, the style of, you know, what, what's happening or you know, music may change, the design may change, the way you package and present may change, but these five things without question will never change. And that's why I wanted to outline them for you today and it's important that you know them. Uh, and so if you'd like take uh, take notes, write these down uh, because this is how we should all be as we're following the Lord. Um, I will, I'll put this as number one. Number one is that Miracle Word Church will be a word-based church. It is a Bible-based church. And we say, what do you mean by that? We let, well, I'll tell you exactly what I mean by it. Number one, we believe that the Bible, the written word of God is inspired by God and it is inerrant, which means we believe there is no error in this Bible, not any. Because if God inspired it, and he's the one that, um, 
And, I, and really, you should say that the writers were inspired. Actually, the word of God is expired. And that means it was breathed out of God's mouth. He expired it and, it and it inspired them. It came into them and they wrote it. So what they wrote, according to scripture, what these men wrote was not of their own will, was not of their own desire. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It, it, and I'll read that to you. It had nothing to do with a man sitting down and writing whatever he felt like writing. No, the Bible is inspired. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of a man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible's clear that nothing in Scripture came from someone's own interpretation. They didn't just write whatever they wanted. They wrote what the Holy Spirit guided them and led them to write. And then, of course, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. The Bible says that the entire Bible, all of Scripture, is inspired by God, not portions of it. I hate when I, uh, I, hate when I see a church... You know, do it's like, well, what we really need to do is check out what's written in red letters. No, you don't, you don't need, when I hear a church say something like that, we just need to abide by the, what's written in red. No, because what that shows that they don't understand is that Jesus Christ is the eternal word that existed from the beginning of time, right? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That means that Christ, who is the word who became flesh and dwelt among us, he's existed from the beginning. So all of scripture from Genesis all the way to Revelation is the inspired word that is infinite. It existed for all time. It's eternal. And all of the Bible, not just the red letters, what he said when he was in a flesh body, all of the Bible is inspired by God. Leviticus is just as inspired as the gospel of Luke. It's all at the same level of inspiration. No question. It's all valuable because it comes from the mouth of God. He breathed it out. So we don't cut portions of the Bible out because, you know, we're uncomfortable with it in the 21st century. We don't do that. We don't do that. We abide by the word of God and it will guide all of our actions. You know, there's people that are trying to redefine the whole scripture so that they can make room for the, the things that they want. That's what those churches that push the LGBTQIA agenda are doing. They're trying to redefine clear passages of scripture. Say, well, Leviticus wasn't written to us and it wasn't written today. Okay, how about Romans chapter one? How about Romans chapter one, which was written to Christians in the New Testament context and setting where Paul clearly defines homosexuality and lesbianism in the passage, calls it out and says that the only reason it came about is because the people were so rebellious that they suppressed the truth and then God turned them over to their own sinful desires and then they engaged in those acts and the Bible says, and then they received in their body the penalty that they so richly deserved. A man didn't write that, the Holy Spirit inspired it. And it's very clear. So we are a Bible-based, we are a word-based church. We are a word-based church, and we always will be. And we'll know what we believe, and we'll know why we believe it. 
One of the things that irritates me about a lot of um, modern day churches that are trying to be uh, hip and seeker sensitive and and not too deep is that it produces a a group of people that when you say, I don't, we don't want to get too deep, you know, with it, you got a whole group of Christians that are very shallow and that are not mature in Christ and that don't know why they believe what they believe. So that if they're ever pressed on it, they can't explain it to others which means they're not ready to do what 1 Peter chapter 3 commands believers to be able to do. I want, I want to read that. 1 Peter 3.15, the Bible says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So when somebody asks you, do you really believe Jesus is coming back? Yes, I believe it. Well, why do you believe that? You shouldn't say because our church believes it. Well, because I heard my pastor preach it once and I just believe it's true. No, where in the Bible can you point them to say, well, our Bible teaches that he's coming back again in physical form. Where can you point? You say, do you really believe that God heals people today? Yes, absolutely. I believe it. And not just because our church believes it. And not just because I heard a pastor preach it, but because the word of God clearly outlines the fact that our God is a healer and that he's still doing today what he's always done. Do do you really believe in all that speaking in tongues and all that stuff? Yes, I do. And I can show you in the scripture why I believe it. See, you've got to be able to make a defense like a skilled attorney. You have to be able to make a case. Where do you make your case from? The word of God. And so we will be a Bible-based, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching and preaching church. I don't care. I have no interest in being hip. I have no interest in being hip. I don't care if people find my preaching cool. The question is, do people find my preaching anointed? Does it shake them to the core? Do people find my preaching convicting? Does my preaching produce results? That's the question we really need to ask. I don't care if it's tweetable. I don't care if people say, man, you know, you got people that sit there "Mm," through the whole service and there's no change in anybody. Is my preaching carrying the anointing? Does it produce conviction and does it produce results? That's all that matters. And you can't do that if you're preaching a compromised word. You have to preach the uncompromised word of God. Amen. And so that's number one. If you're putting it down in your notes, putting it down in your comments, Miracle Word Church, again, it's in the name, right? Miracle Word. We're a word church. We're a word-based church. Did you know God gave me that um, years ago when I was starting out in the ministry and I was, I was getting ready to start traveling and ministering. I traveled for one year as an evangelist before I went on staff at the church. Um, and I was walking around the parking lot in Providence, Rhode Island in a Holiday Inn parking lot where uh, I believe my uncle was holding a, a, a church service. He was holding a, a revival service, actually. And um, I was praying, asking the Lord, what do you want? I mean, it's your ministry, Lord. What do you want me to call this ministry? And he said, I want you to see how I've raised you up. And he, in my spirit, he pointed out, he said, look how you were raised in the Pentecostal miracle move. Your father's a miracle minister. You traveled with miracle ministries. You've seen miracles, signs, and wonders. That needs to continue on to the next generation. So miracles 
our, our number one. He said, but look how uh, your father and others have continued on in the uh, tradition of uh, the word, the strong word, the word of faith, like the teaching from brother Kenneth Hagin and others, uh, the word of faith. And then of course the Lord by his spirit led me to attend that Bible school. When I was ready to go to a different one, the Lord said, no, you're to go there. And so took me from that Pentecostal place and, and brought me to a word of faith Bible school where that the word, just like that, that discipline for the word was drilled into my spirit. And as I was walking and talking to the Lord in Providence, Rhode Island, I heard the Lord say, you need to call it miracle word ministries because you're going to keep that Pentecostal miracle ministry flourishing and going for the next generation, but it needs to be a combination of the spirit and the word it needs to be the spirit and the word. They agree. So it's miracles, signs, wonders. It's the spirit manifesting, but it's the word. It's the word of God during the voice of healing movement, which was a revival that took place after world war II. brother Hagen warned some people that they needed to base their ministry more on the word than they did the gift that was in them or on manifestations. You need to base your ministry on the word of God, not on manifestations. He said, because you can't force the manifestations to happen. And so if you base your ministry on a gift or on manifestations, then what happens when you come into a service and you're the prophet and everybody expects you to prophesy and give them a prophetic word, but the Holy Spirit's not leaving, give you any words that night. What if, what if you don't have it? So now they come and everybody's disappointed because you didn't produce, uh, you know, you're the prophet and you didn't prophesy. Nobody gave me a prophetic word. No, we're not led by prophets. We're not led by the prophetic word. We're not, we're led by the spirit of God. And our, everything in our life should be based upon the written word of God. So your ministry, your life needs to be based on God's word. And that's what we're basing it on. And so Miracle Word Church is going to be a church that is based primarily on the written word of God, proper doctrine that is rightly divided in properly interpreted so that we know why we, that'll produce strength. Let me tell you, that will produce strength in people. That will mature believers, that will raise people up into a place of strength for their Christian life. And so we're, a, number one, a word-based church. Number two, we are a spirit-led church. I want you to put that in for number two. We are a spirit-led church. I will never be embarrassed of the move of the Spirit. I will never be embarrassed of the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Never. Our church will never suppress the moving of the Spirit. I have no desire to have people in and out the door for a 55-minute, 60-minute church service. That's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Holy Spirit can't do anything. There's no altar calls. Nobody's ministered to. Nobody's called to Christ. You know, you got 40 minutes of worship and, you know, 15-minute little mini-message that's very shallow. I have no desire in that kind of church. None. Our nation needs strong, powerful word and spirit churches. That's what America needs. That's what the nations of the world need. Powerful word and spirit churches. And that's what we're going to be. A powerful word and spirit church. And so number two, we're a spirit-led church. And we'll never be ashamed of the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. 
Let me read to you 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, Paul finishes by saying this to the church. Rejoice always. Oh, we'll be, trust me when I tell you, we'll be a rejoicing church. We'll be a praiseful church. You can believe that. We'll be a rejoicing church. Pray without ceasing. Oh, you better believe we'll be a praying church. This is what spirit-led churches are. They're praising churches. They are praying churches. You better believe we'll be a praising and a praying church. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Oh, we'll be a thankful church. You better believe it. Praising, praying, thanking. That's who we'll be. But look at this now. Here's the next command. Do not quench the spirit. Now that's what I'm talking about. Do not quench. That word quench there is like the word extinguish. Just like the shield of faith will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. So notice this, you're to quench fiery darts, but you're not to quench the spirit. You're to extinguish fiery darts, but you're not to extinguish the spirit of God, right? You put out the fires of the devil, but you're to fan the flames of the fire of God. According to scripture, do not quench the spirit. Will not be. I've seen churches where the spirit of God starts to move. They shut it down immediately. They shut it down immediately. Somebody begins to give a word in tongues. They shut it down immediately. They, they strike up the band louder. All right, let's play. Everybody play louder. Oh, lift your hands all over this place. What are they doing? Drowning it out because they're nervous. They're nervous. That's weak leadership. That's a result of weak leadership. Weak leadership. Even if somebody does something and it's wrong or it's in the flesh, you can correct it as the leader. You can correct it. It's fine. And you know whether it's the Spirit of God or not. Don't quench, don't extinguish the Spirit. We should have these things in manifestation in our church services. We should have the gifts of the Spirit. We should have people. I was so happy, our, our church yesterday, uh, Power of God hit, final day of the fast. And uh, our, Pastor Sean, he called everybody forward. If you need healing in your body, you need healing in your, in your body. I mean, they lined up around the church and he laid hands and anointed with oil. Every last one of them, praise God for a church that'll do that. Instead of saying, well, you know, we have like a side room, you know, where we take people that need healing. Uh, we don't do that on our Sunday mornings. You know, we, we do that through the weekend, like a side room, or if you need healing, just come over to this little secret room in the church that nobody knows about. And then, you know, we'll pray for you there with no eyes on in case, you know, God doesn't do anything. And then we, no, no, pray for people, minister to people. Amen. The church is a lighthouse. The church is like a, an urgent care center. Think about that. The church is a lighthouse. The church is an urgent care center. There's people that are hurting. There's people that are dying and they need the power of God. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies. There's another one. Don't despise prophecies. Don't despise prophecies but test everything, hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Don't despise prophecies, hallelujah. And so the Bible's very clear about this. Don't extinguish the move of the spirit. So our church will be a spirit led church. We're a word and spirit church. That's who we are. That's our DNA. If you're looking to come to a church that has 60 minute church services and gives you a little mini sermon and, you know, some really, with some hip looking dude that looks like he's out of like, you know, 
the Zara window mannequin. That, that's, you, might, you might want to look for another church. It's not going to be us. That's not who we are. We're a word and spirit church. We're a church that sets the captives free. We're a church that sees miracles, signs, and wonders. We press in for the presence of God. I'm not worried about people being made uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit should make certain people uncomfortable. It's a mistake to set your church up in such a way where everybody that comes in is made to feel, you know, like our main goal is to make sure people are comfortable. I've actually seen church websites that, that advertise, come to our church, and in, this is the wording, enjoy anonymity at our church. We'll never call you out. We won't ask you to raise your hand for anything in the service. I mean, this is wording from the, the website. We'll not ask you to raise your hand for anything. What do they mean by that? We won't ask you to raise your hand to receive Jesus. We won't even ask you if you're a first-time visitor. They, they say that on their website. We'll not spotlight you. Enjoy anonymity at our church. You know what that means? You can come anonymously. Nobody even knows who you are. So where's the accountability? We don't know if you're there or not there. In fact, we'll turn all the lights off so that we don't even know if you're there. Come enjoy anonymity at our church. That, that, that is foolishness. The, the, one of the things that happens, uh, Dominico, if you want to go to uh, miraclewordchurch.com, miraclewordchurch.com, that's where you can get the culture guide PDF to download. But people come in, it's like, dude, people who are not living for the Lord and they feel the power of the Holy Spirit and they hear the preaching of the word, that shouldn't bring them into more comfort. It should bring conviction to their spirit. And conviction is uncomfortable. Put that in the comments section. Conviction is uncomfortable. You know how I know that? Because conviction, when God begins to convict your spirit, you, you can't like stay where you are. It's like, I can't live like this anymore. I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. I can't, I can't allow this in my life. And then what happens? It, it pushes you to make a decision to change. Conviction's uncomfortable. So, if you want to create a church in which the main goal is to make sure everyone's comfortable, you have to eliminate conviction. Think about that. If you want to create a church where everybody's comfortable, you have to eliminate conviction, which means you have to stop preaching the word. You have to preach other things, self-help messages, just straight encouragement across the board. And there's nothing wrong with encouragement. And there's nothing wrong with improving your life. But the main job of the church is to preach in such a way, the uncompromised word, in such a way that the spirit of God will convict and bring change. But you have to preach the gospel and you have to preach the word in order for that to happen. And I'm work, I, listen, I want to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. I want people healed. I want people baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want people to be delivered from addictions. I want to see people changed by God's power. And that's what we're pressing in for. That's what we fast and pray for. That's what we ask God for. That's what we're making room. So <clears throat> the church services, they're not our plans. There's nothing wrong with having an agenda. But don't you ever be so stuck to an agenda that the Holy Ghost wants to move and you move past what he's doing. Because listen, it's now 1115 and it says on the agenda that at 1115, we have to begin the message now. I mean, we're on a timeline here today. No. And even though we're starting at the convention center, 
You know, I didn't go in there and say, hey, like we need to uh, rent two, three hours. For... No, no, we rented the whole day. We rented the whole day. When you come to church, we have that room from 6 a.m. till midnight. 6 a.m. till midnight. You can get a lot done in that town. A lot done in that amount of time. And, and we'll have plenty of time do, to do whatever we need to do. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. We're a spirit-led church. And when the Holy Ghost begins to move, thank God, that's what we've been believing for. That's what we've been praying for. And prayer is going to play a major part in the spirit-led church. That's why we launched the Miracle Word prayer teams. And we want you to join us. If you've not yet signed up to be a part of the Miracle Word prayer teams, they start tomorrow night. And so we want you to be a part of it. We want you to join us. We're going to send out some information today to those of you that have signed up. But go to miracleword.com forward slash prayer team and join us. There's a women's prayer team and there's a men's prayer team. And we want you to be a part of that because we're praying and believing for the very things I'm talking about right now. Very things I'm discussing right now, which is God move in our church, move in that city, touch our state, hit the East Coast with revival, sweep across this nation and bring souls into the kingdom at an unprecedented rate in 2023 in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And so I'm asking you to join this army that God's raising up in South Florida to see this nation change. Say, well, I'm not planning on coming down to be a part of the church. You can still join us and pray because we're not just praying for the church only. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for each state where you live, praying for your family, praying for your community. We're believing God for revival to hit this nation and the other nations. Amen. Jess Burton, who, her and her husband Jared just moved down to West Palm to be a part of the church. So we will be fasting and praying every Tuesday for Miracle Word Church. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're pressing in. We're pressing in. We're not going to put life on cruise control. We're not going to coast through the, for, through the last days. We're going after this. There's people who need Jesus. And the only, listen, the Holy Spirit was sent to us to do the work. The Bible says, Jesus said this, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll receive power, glory to God. Power to do what? To be my witnesses. So the main reason the Holy Spirit came to the church was to fill them with power from on high, to do the work of Christ. That's why. And so we're believing God that the Holy Spirit will be in full manifestation. The word is preached, the spirit is manifested. That's number two. Number three, the third thing is that we will be a soul winning church. Absolutely, Donnie. We're very happy that she's here. We, we announced yesterday on Instagram that we're so happy that Lilia Petty has joined the Miracle Word team. And um, we're so happy that uh, she's here. And yes, Donnie, we're definitely uh, looking out for her. Appreciate all her help and all her work. You've raised up a really, really wonderful young lady. Really wonderful. I thank God as the a father of two, two young daughters. It's wonderful to see young ladies raised up uh, in that way. So amazing job. And we're watching over and God's watching over ultimately. We'll be a soul winning church. Believing God. Believing God for souls to be saved. For people to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're believing. You know, as we're, you say, what do you mean? Shouldn't all churches be soul winning? Yes, all churches should be soul winning churches. But many are not. 
Many are not. And I don't know what it is because I don't know the behind the scenes of all the churches, but there's a reason that many churches remain at the same place for years and years and years and years and years. And maybe they are getting people saved and people are coming in and being, but either their administration is so poor that they don't retain or disciple any of the people that are saved or they're just not winning souls. But either way, it's a sad thing that the average church in America has 65 people in it, 65. That's, a, that's an okay place to start, but you, st- you shouldn't stay there for years and years. It shouldn't be a decade-old church and still have 65 people. What's been going on for 10 years? What's been happening for 10 years? And so we're going to be a soul-winning church. We're going after the lost. We're not just going to hold Sunday morning services. And especially as we acquire our own property, our own building, we'll be doing different things all the time to reach the lost. Plans, making plans to reach the unreached. Making plans. And again, if you're just logging on, we want you to join us for our launch weekend. March 26th, the last Sunday in the month of March at West Palm Beach Convention Center, 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. All the details are on the website on the screen. Be a part of what God's doing. Be a part of what God's doing. So we're a soul winning church. We're going after those that need Jesus. Let me tell you the last thing I'm looking for. And I know it'll happen by default because it just happens anytime a church is launched. The last thing I'm trying to do is go to West Palm Beach and then just collect a bunch of people that go to other churches. I don't have any desire to go to West Palm Beach and just collect a bunch of already saved people from other churches. They're welcome to come, but that's not my goal. We're going to win the lost. We're going to see people saved that are not saved and be added to the kingdom and raised up and discipled. Amen. I understand there'll be people that are already saved who start to come. Maybe they were looking for a church. Maybe they just moved to the area. In fact, I heard, I've heard of multiple families already that they moved to the West Palm Beach area and they were already looking for a church actively that we have uh, made friends with their family members that, oh, I got family there, that they just got there and they're looking for a church and they can't find a, a spirit-filled church or whatever. That's fine. We're happy to have you. We're very happy to have you. But I'm not, I'm not going to, like for, to find, you know, a hundred disgruntled people that left other churches because they didn't like the way that they, their churches did stuff. You know, most likely they'll leave ours too disgruntled because that's how those people are. They're just upset. It's usually because they can't get enough recognition. You know, I wanted them to let me sing a solo. The pastor never asked me to preach. <laughs> when I was the associate pastor with my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth in Virginia, there was an actual family that left the church because they said, well, pastor, we've been going here for a few years. You've, you've never asked me to preach one time. The husband said this. <laughs> you've never asked me to preach one time. You always have somebody on the pastoral staff preach. You've never asked me one time to share the word on Sunday. It's like, he's like, well, d- d- are you a preacher? Did you go to Bible school? No. Do you have a secular career? Are you, are you pursuing a secular job? Yes. But you know, I, I, I can it's like, uh, why would I ever ask you to preach? I don't go down to the mechanic shop, to the garage, and be like, hey, you know, I've been bringing my car here for 10 years. You guys have never one time asked me to work on one of the cars. It's like, they'd think you were insane. Can you imagine marching into a hospital? Like, you know, this has been my hospital since I've, since I've lived in Florida, and I've been coming here. I bring my kids here. I bring my wife here. You guys have never once asked me to work on somebody or to do a surgery. 
and I'm offended by it. I'm about to go, I'm going to find another hospital, one that appreciates my gifts and talents. You've never once asked me to do a checkup on somebody. Can you imagine yelling at your dentist because he's never let you drill, drill out someone's cavity? They would look at you like you needed mental help, like you need to be locked up in a ward. Yet, everyone thinks that they can do the work of a pastor or a minister that's given their whole life to the work of the ministry, that's spent time studying the Bible and studying ministry in college, and now has done it for decades, and they swoop in, well, you know, yeah, I am in sales. You know, I do sales, but you know, I, I could also do what you do. It's like, how arrogant can you possibly be to think that you can just swoop in to what somebody's given their life to do? Don't think you can make it your hobby and do what they do as a lifestyle. Doesn't, it doesn't work. And so I'm sure there will be disgruntled people that because they were upset about what happened at their church, they'll, they'll swoop through and try to check out, you know, Miracle Word Church. They won't last long. They'll be gone soon. They'll either be gone, um, you know, by their own accord. They don't like our church either. Or I'll sense their bad spirit and just ask them to leave. And we're not, we're not building a church on disgruntled members of past churches. We're looking for people that are hungry. That's why we created this culture guide. People aren't going to come in and be disgruntled every week. You're not going to sit down through the whole worship service with your arms folded as we're praising and worshiping God. The ushers will ask you to stand and worship the Lord and change your attitude or else you can get out. So that's, that's harsh. You're just launching a church. You're already throwing people out. If I have to, because I'm going to guard the flock and I'm going to guard the atmosphere and I'm going to guard the anointing that's in our church. Not having some guy, they got the whole church lifting their hands, praising the Lord, people worshiping. And you got some dude in the back sitting there with his arms crossed with an angry face. I'll, I'll have an usher go tell him, uncross your arms and stand up and worship the Lord or you can leave. Well, I'm free to come here. You're not actually. Church gatherings are private gatherings. And if we ask you to leave, you have to go. <laughs> I found that out. And I've been the one multiple times to escort the person out and wait for the police to come because they're angry we asked them to leave. But you're not bringing your nasty attitude into church and then sitting there making a spectacle and everybody else is praising and worshiping and you're sitting there with a bad attitude. So we're guarding that. Why? Because we're after souls. And we're not letting that nasty spirit into the church. We're not allowing that nonsense. You don't come to church and do whatever you want. You come to church and worship the Lord. Amen. Thought I'd throw that out there just in case anybody was wondering. We're protecting the flock. We're protecting the anointing, the atmosphere. You know, I can't begin to tell you how important unity is. Unity. The Bible says how good and pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. We're not putting up with divisions and factions in our church. We're not putting up with little cliques and people that are gossiping and spreading rumors about everybody else and all that. If you want to see how not nonsensical it is, watch my wife's Instagram story today. Because you'll see, and it's a, it's a comedian making fun of that, but there's tons of those types of people in church that call the people up. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about what happened? We're not allowing that division. Division brings, brings destruction. Put it in the comments. Division brings destruction. And if we're going to be a soul-winning, impactful church, we've got to be in unity. We're all headed in one direction. Amen. We're all headed in one direction, in unity, with the same spirit, in one accord. That's why we're defining what that spirit looks like practically. 
So why would you take the time to do a culture guide? Because I'm showing you what that spirit looks like practically. What does it look like to have that kind of a spirit? We're happy, we're humble, we hustle. All the nine things that I wrote that the Lord gave me. That's what it looks like practically to be on the same page as Miracle Word Church. And if, if you don't want to have that, that's fine. There's so many other churches that people can be a part of. But we're going to be a strong, unified body of believers headed for the same goal. Amen. So we're a soul winning church. Number four, let me give you the last two. We will be an uncompromising church. That's number four. We will be an uncompromising church. So what, what do you mean by that? We will never, it'll be a cold day in hell that we will bow our knee to the antichrist spirit of this world. It'll be a cold day in hell that I'll be encouraging my people to do whatever stupid mandate is coming out from some uh, wicked antichrist person in the government. It'll be a cold day in hell that we shut our church down for any reason whatsoever. Will not happen. Will not happen. They'll have to carry me out of my pulpit in handcuffs before that would happen. We're not shutting down because you're worried that somebody might get the sniffles. It's not happening. I don't care who comes against it. I don't care who stands against it. Don't make God your enemy. That's a warning to anybody that would stand, any, uh, any corporation, any cultural group that would stand against the church. And I don't mean my church, I mean the church at large. Don't make God your enemy. Because if God's against you, no one can be for you. You'll be destroyed and the church will still be standing. Anything and anyone that's ever tried to destroy the church has been destroyed and the church is still standing. There's people, we're going to shut down the church for good. They're dead and the church is still going. Amen. They're dead and the church is still going. Don't make God your enemy. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You cannot destroy the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot wipe it off the face of the earth. Impossible. It's impossible. People have tried for years and you can't do it. They've tried to keep the Bible out of people's hands. You can't do it. You can't do it. Jesus, the Lord promised to preserve his word. He's done so. He'll preserve his church. He's done so. And he'll continue to do so. We will not compromise. We will not bow our knee to the spirit of this world. It would be a very, very cold day in hell with the devil sucking popsicles before you'll see a woke preacher speaker in my church. And of course, I'll never be woke. That nonsense. I'm sure at some point people will call just like they're doing for Jordan Peterson for the re-education. You know, Pastor Ted needs to be re-educated about, you know, it'll, it, it, I'm telling you, it'll be a cold day in hell. We'll preach the truth in love. There, woke won't be anywhere close, anywhere close to our church. Not anywhere. Amen. Amen. We still call boys boys and girls girls. Our church will have a men's room and a women's room. There will not be, you know, a gender fluid bathroom. I, I, I wouldn't even care if they passed it through state legislature, which they won't, but I wouldn't care. You can try to shut our building down. You won't be able to. Don't make God your enemy. Don't make God your enemy. Uncompromising. And then finally, number five, 
I hope you got my drift on what I meant by uncompromising. Number five, we'll be a generous church. We will always be a generous church. You'll see that when you come on the launch. You'll see that from the first Sunday, that we will be a generous church. We will be a blessing to our generation. We'll be a blessing to our region. We will be a generous church, no question. No question. I mean, we're already a very generous ministry. We're not a church yet, but we're already a very generous ministry. But we're going to be a very generous church as well. This ministry that you're watching right now, Miracle Word Ministries, before we ever became Miracle Word Church, we're already feeding hungry people all over the world. We're in the top 1% of givers to feed the hungry. Already. And if that number's changed, we need to check it again. Make sure we are in the top 1%. Because I checked already and they said we were in the top one of the top one. So I'm staying there. We're generous. We help those in need. We are large givers. This ministry gives largely. And I mean very largely. So largely, if, if religious people saw it, make them pee their pants. So you give that much money away? We give that much money away. Why? We've got to be generous. You've got to be a giver. Got to be a giver. And our church will be a blessing. Our church will bless the poor. Our church will feed the hungry. Our church will support missions overseas and local missions and do local missions. Our church will pr uh, provide for other ministries. There will be ministries that will rise up out of our church. You watch and see. There will be ministers, like, for example, evangelists not just raised up, there'll be evangelists that move here to plant their ministry out of Miracle Word Church and will be a blessing to them. Amen. It's going to happen. We already have a prophetic word on that. We'll make a divine impact on our nation. We will make a divine impact on the United States of America and other nations. You hear what I'm saying? I got a prophetic word which I fully believe and receive. Fully believe and receive is that uh, people will come in from other nations, fly in from other nations to be a part of what's happening at Miracle Word Church, to come into our camp meetings, to come into our conferences. I got a prophetic word on that already, and I receive and believe every word of it. And yes, they will. And the prophetic words came to me and said, uh, the man of God said, as they flew in, from other nations and came in from other parts of the country to be a part of Brother Hagin's camp meetings and Brother Hagin's revivals. They will do the same for Miracle Word Church. They will fly in from other nations. They will come in from other parts of this nation to see and experience what God's doing at Miracle Word Church. And I believe it with all my heart. And we will see it in Jesus' name. We will see it in Jesus' name. And I can't, I couldn't be more excited than I am to see what God's doing. I could not be more excited than I am. I'm so, so ready to go. So ready to go. And there's a lot of work to be done before we begin. But we're, getting, we're gonna get it done, and we also are giving you time to, to join us. We want you to be there for the very first uh, launch Sunday. March 26th of this year, the final Sunday in March. And so all you need, literally, and I'm gonna give you some, uh, some stuff right now, but. All you need is found on that page, miracleword.com forward slash launch. It's all right there. And um, again, just some of the details. It's the Palm Beach Convention Center. Um, 
We have parking available in the parking garage right connected to the convention center. Um, we'll have childcare on that first Sunday for zero to five. All of the children will be welcome in the service. We'll have activity bags pre-made for your child uh, when they come into church that they can pick up on the way into the sanctuary. Um, we'll have, we'll have uh, so much available for you when you come. But we, we'd say this, if you'd like to help us and register to volunteer on that first Sunday, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you join the Miracle Word Serve teams. Listen, if you feel in your spirit to come, other people have. Many people have messaged me and said, hey, we feel to just move there and become a part of the church. Do it. Do what the Lord's asking you to do. It's all going to be done by faith, but it's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. Again, tomorrow night is our first set of prayer meetings. Miracle Word Church prayer teams. And... Uh, these Miracle Word prayer teams are going to be meeting by Zoom. There's a men's team and a women's team, as I've been announcing. And if you've not joined, please join this, uh, join this prayer team as we're standing and believing God for supernatural things to take place. Uh, we want you to be a part of it. I want to launch with over 100 people praying. That's my desire. Um, Tiff, do you know if we're there yet? Do you know if we're, if we're at that? Can you look and see? but we want you to be a part. When I last checked, we were only a few people away from 100. So I would love to start. I asked the Lord, give us 100 strong people that would stand and pray for this nation, for this church, for this ministry. Anything powerful is birthed out of prayer. And we just spent 21 days fasting and praying. We're gonna continue on in prayer, believing God for supernatural miracles in your life, in your family, in your business, in your ministry, in your state and in mine, and in this ministry, and in our nation. We're believing God for unprecedented miracles in 2023. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And so I want to pray for every one of you. Let me know when you have the number. Okay, just, just hold a hand up and I'll, I'll announce it after done. But I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for hungry people that are believing you for miracles that are believing you for revival, that are expecting a move of your spirit before Jesus comes. I pray you'd strengthen every one of us afresh and anew today. Give us a, a fire in our belly. Put an urgency in our spirit for what you've called us to do. We thank you for that. We cannot wait to see what you'll do through us. We cannot wait to see what's gonna happen in this year of transformation. I ask you in Jesus' name, let it be a year of wonders for your people. I give you praise for that and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.